0: You're listening to The Best of Living Wealthy Radio with Teresa Kuhn. Be sure to catch our show live every Sunday on 1370 AM Austin.
1: For information, archives, and upcoming presentations, visit our website at www.livingwealthyradio.com. What if there was a place where your hard-earned cash could grow safely and sanely without being pilfered by bankers, Wall Street, tax collectors or other persons of dubious character. A place where you could say no to the motion sickness-inducing ups and downs of the stock market. Where you didn't have to grovel on your hands and knees every time you wanted to borrow money from some tight-fisted banker who collects all your private data and then turns you down. Such a world sounds too good to be true, doesn't it? Well... It isn't. All you need to do is call toll free right now and ask for your Living Wealthy Financial Information Packet. It costs nothing and it will tell you exactly what you need to do to chart a more prosperous financial course and take back what belongs to you. So, do it. Call right now 1 800 382 0830. That's one eight hundred three eight two zero eight three zero, Or visit our website at www.livingwealthyfinancial.com. You'll be glad you did. This presentation is for educational and informational purposes only. The info
0: being presented does not consider your particular financial objectives or situation and does not make personalized recommendations. This material is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified tax advisor or legal counsel or other professional, and you should not use the information in place of a personal consultation regarding your specific situation or needs prior to taking any action based on this information. We believe the info provided is reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, timeliness, or completeness. Good Sunday, Austin. Welcome to Living Wealthy Radio with your host, Teresa
1: Kuhn. The new Talk Radio 96.3 and 1370.
2: We are live in the studio with Dean Rothbard, a successful entrepreneur, award winning journalist, a tier one public relations consultant, and frequent public speaker. Welcome to Living Wealthy Radio, Dane.
0: Thanks for reading my official book. <laughs> you know, I, couldn't, I couldn't have written it better myself.
2: Well, that's why I. Went, that's why you do it. That's why I did that. Yep, exactly. Well, thanks, that. Therese,
0: it's great to be here with you.
2: Thank you. You've got a really interesting background, and I'm very excited to have you here in Austin with us. Um, for many reasons, but one reason is your background as an investigative award winning journalist, an insider in wall street that's right and it, you've got an opinion on bank on yourself
0: well, let me back it up just a little bit sure um to tell you how I came to having a informed opinion on bank on yourself um I spent uh seven plus years as a staff reporter and columnist with the Wall Street Journal, Mm -hmm. Um, two-plus of those years writing the paper's sort of insiders, investors column called "Herd on the Street. Mm -hmm. And um, really, writing the "Herd on the Street column is an exercise in cynicism. You basically take everything with a grain of salt um, and assume that everything is not what it appears to be Mm -hmm. um, until proven otherwise. And... Um, You know, part of the reason that I uh, won a number of journalism awards and was nominated for others, including the Pulitzer Prize, was just being skeptical, being a skeptical person. Um, And in fact, um, I had not heard about Bank on Yourself or um, the concept behind it, which is this dividend paying whole life insurance policy Mm -hmm. and the method you can use to use it as a savings tool. Um, until some people who knew the founder, Pamela Yellen, approached me and asked me to kick the tires, they basically said, "Dean, would you use your investigative training and see what you can turn up on Bank on Yourself in terms of seeing what's wrong with it?"
2: Were these prospective clients? Were these prospective? No, these were these were
0: just some people who actually work with Pamela who were saying, "Look, we would we would like to find somebody who is." objective, who is represents the kind of instincts that financial journalists and reporters have, and ask them to investigate us um, as though they were doing it for the Wall Street Journal or the New York Times or whatever, mm-hmm. um, and just, you know, no holds barred. Go, go after us and let us see what it is that you can uncover about us. Love it. And um, so that's really how I came to be introduced to uh, the bank on yourself concept, like I said to me, it was something I was not familiar with um and um i've spent it's about a year now uh investigating bank on yourself um and although I could write some great stories about uh how it works and why it's a smart savings tool for for millions of Americans, so far I haven't found any smoking guns um I haven't found anything that really would. Um, caused me to win the next investigative prize.
2: So nothing really ugly, no smoking gun. And you were looking for, you were digging for dirt. You were not uh, approaching this project as, you know, a fluff piece. Uh, Nobody paid you to give a good opinion or a, a biased opinion. They were looking for your... Look for dirt. Look for the truth. Look for what exactly is going on with Bank on Yourself.
0: Well, that that was the, uh, at least, that, Teresa, at least that was the original assignment. Mm-hmm. And as I have um, gone along, and I would say as I have continued to come up empty-handed when it um, comes to having a good reason not to recommend uh, Bank on Yourself, um, I really have become much more of a non-objective proponent of uh, Bank on Yourself as an uh, incredible financial tool um, for the right kind of people.
2: So you've become an advocate, and you're actually working I on have. a project with Pamela Yellen. Is that correct?
0: The project that I'm working on is as a journalist, um, as a editor, mm-hmm. as a writer, mm-hmm. uh, trying to um, both explain the specifics of uh, Bank on Yourself as a financial services tool Um, but also embracing what I would say is maybe the much larger audience for bank on yourself. And that's interpreting the the meaning of bank on yourself as being self-reliant. And I'm a person who long before I ever heard of the whole life dividend paying insurance method Mm -hmm. of saving money, earning money, financing, um, has... I've been a lifelong advocate of self-reliance, and that is taking charge of your own life. And that, as it does your show, I mean, that can apply to health, that can apply to career, to relationships, to education. And so we will be launching shortly a uh, subscription-based website called Bank on Yourself Nation. The idea being that we are a nation founded in the concepts, our founding fathers of Mm -hmm. self-reliance. And it will be a website that embodies many of the basic tenets of self-reliance that cause people to like Bank on Yourself related insurance products uh, as a financial tool, but we will look at it more broadly and talk about how you can take charge of your health and uh, how you can take charge of your career. So it will be Bank on Yourself Nation it will be at YourselfNation dot com, and I'm going to uh, be the managing editor of that, um, largely responsible for the editorial quality and content of that site.
2: Fantastic! So yeah, welcome neat. to
0: the team. Well, thank you. Yeah.
2: Thank you. So you crossed over to the dark side as some, from probably being a, an insider in Wall Street to being an advocate of whole life insurance
0: Well, it is certainly a culture shock. <laughs> 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 I, I can tell you that much and um it, you know the uh, a lot of people immediately um tune out if you use the word whole the words I should say whole life insurance. Um but really it is I think you I think it's more intelligent to say it's a savvy financial services tool, something Absolutely. something listeners can use um, and in an intelligently applied manner um, to give them some incredible results, which, frankly, you can't find on Wall Street. And when I say you can't find it on Wall Street, that's because when you have the right kind of policy issued with the help of a knowledgeable financial advisor, such as you, Teresa, Um, structured structured to take advantage of all of the uh, wealth-building possibilities and uh, the correct tax um, advantages, Um, you have a product, you have a savings vehicle where you know what you're going to earn. It's going to grow. It, over time, will grow amazingly. And you can basically wave goodbye to the sort of horse race, uh, breathless, hour-by-hour, day-by-day roller coaster ride um, that most Americans think is the only way to build wealth in this country.
2: So why is it that most Americans think that is the only way to, to grow wealth, that they must chase risk? In order to grow wealthy and that Wall Street is the only place that's got the answers for them why is that you
0: know it's I don't want to be glib but it is kind of like why is Las Vegas so successful I mean it's an amazing Las Vegas is an amazing industry uh, when the vast vast majority of uh, people who go to Las Vegas come back with less money in their pocket then they went and
2: and they go back over and over again well they right?
0: do, they do they don't they don't learn the lesson of failure very easily and wall street in its own way has its own glittering neon lights its own marketing amazing marketing uh process that is not dissimilar to what las vegas has um and it has in there's a huge amount of money to be made on Wall Street, if you're an institution on Wall Street, if you are taking the money of investors and investing it and getting paid management fees and um, trading fees, et cetera, et cetera, and so I honestly, without disrespect to either, uh, I honestly equate Wall Street and Las Vegas as being very similar in their appeal to the American public, and for some people, that's fine. I mean, there are people who who you know, first of all, there's a very small percentage of people, both on Wall... I'm talking about average people. I'm not talking about Warren Buffett people. right. Uh, right. I'm just talking about the type Middle of people America. who might be listening to this radio show. Um, there's a very small percentage of those people who get what is promised or even more. The vast majority of people on Wall Street like the vast majority of people in Las Vegas don't. There's a difference. When you go to Las Vegas, I love Las Vegas. I don't gamble there, but I love Las Vegas. You get shows, you get lights, you get you get the you get the entertainment. Um when you go to Wall Street, you don't get you don't quite get the same performance. Um Wayne Newton doesn't sing on on the corner of Wall and Broad on a regular basis. Um but it is in some ways a, a, for some people it's also kind of a form of financial entertainment. They like watching CNBC. They'll tune in to Jim Cramer, who I know and like, to his show Mad Money on CNBC, and they kind of like the theatrics of Wall Street. But there's a big difference, and the big difference is, and that's kind of the concept, again, behind Bank on Yourself Nation, that there's a whole nation of people out there that actually don't. And maybe they wouldn't be putting their so much money or any money into Wall Street, into 401k plans, if, in fact, they understood that in a sort of a uh, turtle and hare analogy, that if they would take it slow and consistent without having to consistently take, you know, one and a half steps back for every one and three-quarter steps forward, that eventually they would build reliable wealth without all of the angst and anxiety that comes in Wall Street. And that's what the methods embodied in bank on yourself are. They are not overnight wealth schemes. So if you again if you want to go to Wall Street and put all your money on the number 7 and spin the roulette wheel, then then that's not this is not the type of thing. But if slow and steady mm-hmm. with a predictable very positive compared to Wall Street, a very positive outcome Um, is more to your liking, then so is bank on yourself. The problem has been that it's um, not received a great deal of media attention. Again, I reported for the Wall Street Journal for seven years. I've been a reader and and viewer of financial news for many more years, um, and I never heard of it myself.
2: Isn't that amazing? And really, you you said so much there in, in, in just a couple minutes. Number one, the average American, I can say, based on my many years of practice in dealing with the public, what they're looking for, they're not looking for the cheap thrill and the up and down. And there, there is a segment of that market that does love watching CNBC. And, and I've met those people. And, and many of them are in their 60s and retired. And my thoughts to them are, you have absolutely no business risking your money. And, and go out and, and, and get a hobby or get a part-time job or love on your grandkids. But... Don't sit and make your whole life, the rest of your life, in front of CNBC because you're losing your your hard-earned money, right? Yeah,
0: and also, Teresa, I would say to you that there's another segment of the population who actually hates the volatility, but still sits every day in front of CNBC trying to figure out what to do about their money because they didn't realize they had any no. choice.
2: And that's those are my clients. That's right. Those today. are the, those, those are, the, are my right. clients who find out about Bank on Yourself and say, oh my gosh, I wish I had started this when I was in my 20s. Where have you been? Why haven't I heard of this before? I get asked that all the time.
0: So I no longer work at the Wall Street Journal. I still do a lot of financial journalism. But I can tell you that if I did still work at the Wall Street Journal, um, I believe it would be, for me, a no-brainer to write a front-page, page-one article um, that would talk about uh, bank on yourself. And we would go to its critics and let let the critics, which I would do for any on on any story I wrote for the Wall Street Journal, I would go to critics and let the crit- critics make their case. And then as a journalist, I would show what the objective evidence is mm-hmm. that either supports what the critics say or undermines what the critics say. And that's kind of the process, Teresa, that I've engaged in over the last um, year. I know the criticisms. Uh, I know the naysayers. Um, but really, when you look at the objective evidence, uh, the you know, the critics don't really have much of a leg to stand on.
2: So is it a conspiracy against a whole life insurance? I mean, what is it with uh, the journalists and, and the whole financial media industry where they do not pay attention to this amazing financial vehicle,
0: yeah you know um, my first passion in life is journalism, really is, and I never uh, subscribe to this idea that there are conspiracies among major news organizations, um, having worked at the wall Street journal, uh, to this day, I believe it is a fine news organization featuring bright and high quality. Um, people. But there is within the media less of a conspiracy than a, um, I don't want to break from the parade type of a mentality. Uh, it takes a lot of courage. Um, and again, I'm a big fan of the word self-reliance. It takes a lot of courage and self-reliance to go against the conventional thinking and say, perhaps um, perhaps there's a better alternative. I mean, think about my alma mater, The Wall Street Journal. It is called Wall Street. It's not called the Whole Life Journal, mm-hmm. and really, the paper was founded, and so many of the organizations like Dow Jones and Reuters and the Financial Times they were all um they all have their roots deeply planted in the equities markets, in the buying and trading of securities. Um, and so that's how they see the world. They see the world through through those lenses. And it takes a um, really a rare and exceptional. See how oh, I'm patting myself on the back, Teresa.
2: I, I know you're doing great. But job. it
0: takes a rare and exceptional person to be able to look past that conventional thinking and see the opportunity. There's another problem, and the other problem is, let's say that CNBC had a epiphany. A light went off over the heads of some of the editors at CNBC, and they said, wow, this bank-on-yourself concept really is wonderful. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, as your listeners can tell you, it doesn't require hours of airtime, day in and day out, to explain this concept. So once you've said it, and once you've sort of brought home the point, and you give intelligent, self-driven investors the opportunity to check it out for themselves, what else is there to say?
2: Certainly not 24 hours of content no, it, and programming. No, that,
0: that's the. I mean, the problem is that there is no horse race aspect to dividend-paying whole Great life point. insurance. You know, mm-hmm. it. You get a statement once a year. It oftentimes has a pleasant surprise, which is a not guaranteed, but is a dividend mm-hmm. beyond what you were guaranteed in terms of a, a rate of return on on your savings. Um and that's about it. And um you know these these the kind of um insurance companies that um Pamela Yellen recommends and Bank on Yourself recommend, you know they've been in business, they've they have never missed a uh, a payment through the Great Depression, through World War 2, right. through World every, War recession. One,
2: every recession. It doesn't
0: right. it doesn't lend itself to um to not tax well, it's not
2: exciting. It's it, not
0: It's terribly sexy and exciting if you actually get those annual statements <laughs> and you realize a whole year has passed, you haven't had to worry about Wall Street. In fact, you could drop your subscription to CNBC and you're okay. And while your neighbors and your colleagues are moaning about the stock market and how far it dropped and, and whether it's going to break down above, you know, whether it's going to break above 11,000 or below 11,000, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, you're off paying no attention to that at all because you're safe and secure knowing what you're doing. And um, one of the things that that I have been learning, um, and again, I have to say that I didn't know it, but what I've been learning is how many people in this country uh, value peace of mind above an extra 100 basis points, an extra percentage point of return on their investment. So even if you could, I mean, ask your viewers you know, sort of the fundamental question, and that is, if you if you if it was a choice between earning five percent on your money or six percent on your money, mm-hmm. and for five percent you'd be completely relaxed for a year and never have to worry, mm-hmm. but to earn that extra one percent, to earn six percent, you have to be nervous all year long and during points. During that year, you're down to 2% or in the negative, And mm-hmm. at points, you go up to 10% and think you're brilliant, and then it falls back down to 3%. And after a year of that roller coaster, your one percentage point, even if you were one percentage point above the peaceful, no hassle, no anxiety um, return, would it be worth it to you? And I think that there are really tens of millions of Americans who would answer that question saying no i for that one percentage point extra you're absolutely I don't right. want to gamble my money
2: you're absolutely right, and in fact, there was a huge survey done recently, and I don't have my notes on that where that was that was pretty much the question that was posed, and resounding it was like eighty five percent of Americans responded they would take four and a half percent safe return over like an eight percent return on Wall Street with the uncertainty the risk. That's
0: and that's huge. but Teresa, what's important to to observe is that's telling the the survey taker the, the respondent to the survey. That's saying, look, we're looking with 2020 hindsight. One path is you get an extra percentage point. The other path is you don't. The truth is that on Wall Street over the past two decades, it was just as likely that after a year of anxiety and roller coastering, you ended up with a smaller return. Right. Actually less. You lost money. Many people many people had no return. They had negative return on their money versus a certain growing safe return. And so the reality of it is I think if if that I'm familiar with that survey you were talking about, I think if they had presented the question that said, which would you prefer? Peace of mind and four percent or complete anxiety and lose up to 40% of your retirement savings, I think you would have found the answer would have been dramatically different.
2: Absolutely. And what people, I think most Americans really don't realize, but they're starting to now, is let's say they were to get a 7 or 8% return, which is very difficult to do on a consistent basis. It's almost impossible. The S&P index, since, the, since they b- began tracking it, has averaged what? A little over 5%? I'm not sure. Okay. Well, it's close to that. So what they're finding is when it comes down to, let's say, if they've got their money in a retirement account, and they've got to pay the administrator's fees, and they've got to pay taxes when they pull that money out.
0: And they have to account for inflation.
2: They have to account for inflation.
0: Especially over a long, even though we're in low inflationary times now, historically we're not. Right. I mean, in other words, it's you don't measure inflation for a retirement fund over a Three-year or five-year period. Correct. So all of those things impact. You know, one of the things that I want to say because if I l- listen to myself, Teresa, um, the journalist in me says, "Oh, you know, be careful." And I, I do feel that way. Be careful about unilaterally endorsing anything because I'm a skeptic. I mean, I'm, I'm trained and experienced in being a skeptic. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's okay for for listeners to be skeptics too. Um, I think you have to be skeptical about anything that promises a lot. Um, In this case, you know, again, I tell everybody you need to kick the tires. I think what I like about what I've seen in the bank-on-yourself system is that there is a network of authorized, trained advisors who are available to answer questions. Mm -hmm. But you have to ask good questions, and you have to listen to the answers, Mm -hmm. and then you have to make a choice on your own. and it probably is not for a wide variety of reasons right for everybody but it is right for millions of Americans who right now are either unaware of it mm-hmm. or don't know enough about it to realize that compared to Wall Street they'd be much better off in this program so i i don't want to give anything a a blanket endorsement but mm-hmm. uh, i what i am comfortable in doing is saying that Gosh, when you see how many tens of millions of people just get bloodied and bruised on Wall Street, um, all the evidence that I have seen as it pertains to the bank-on-yourself method Mm -hmm. suggests that um, that goes away.
2: And, you know, not only do I have uh, Living Wealthy Radio, I also have a bank-on-yourself firm, and I am a bank-on-yourself authorized advisor, and the theme uh working theme with my clients and my prospects and, and the advisors that I have all over the country that work with me is we are here to educate. We provide for free, no charge, um, Pamela Yellen's New York Times bestselling book. Right, bank on yourself. We provide actually a whole library of books because B- Pamela's book is really only the beginning. But you know, for for a novice, someone who's just discovering the concept, it's a great start. We provide free reports, CDs, DVDs. We're going to have Bank on Yourself Nation coming soon. We want our clients, our prospects, to be educated because we found the more educated they are, the more skeptical they are in the beginning. If they're committed. To learning and kicking the tires and doing the research online, they're going to come to the conclusion that, hey, this is a great thing. I cannot get hurt here. And the other thing we we kind of spoke about um, off the air was building a financial foundation, and how Americans today have built their financial foundation. Can you speak to that a little bit? Well, I
0: I can, and um, you know. A great number of Americans um, think they have long-term retirement nest egg security because they participate in a 401k through work. The the number is something north of 50 million Americans, for example, who are on 401ks. But really, 401ks are are amazingly um, hard to penetrate when it comes to really understanding their performance, their fees, who manages them, um how much of your own wealth um you're paying out because because it's it's opaque. You don't get to see a lot of that. You see a bottom line, and most people are seduced by the idea of a employer match. So many people trust that their 401k's or other retirement plans um will carry them through, and unfortunately at times um, such as in 2008 when we had okay. the most recent market crash and real estate prices were down, they wake up and they discover they, they've been saving a whole lo- their whole lifetime and their portfolio has gone down maybe 40%, 35%, 40%. Um, and now they have to start postponing retirement um, or doing away with the concept of retiring at all or contemplating, which is horrible, contemplating living at a much lower lifestyle in retirement. On the other hand, um, I have a uh, 19-year-old son and a 14-year-old daughter, and I'm starting them now with bank on yourself um, policies. And they obviously can't put very much in. They mm-hmm. both work, and so they're going to contribute to their own policies. Um, but the but the authorized agent that we met with was basically my my son is interested in being a um, school teacher. It doesn't pay a whole lot, mm-hmm. but basically said to him, but using $2011, meaning accounting for inflation, that what you're starting today will make you a millionaire by the time you're ready to retire. And that's foundation. I mean, right. that is going to be there for him even on a teacher's salary uh, if he starts young and sticks to it uh, for the rest of his life. And it's not pay in an arm and a leg. It is pay something that is affordable based upon your income, but do it steadily, consistently, as you said, build that foundation um, and when you're ready for retirement, you will be by today's standards, you know, very wealthy. You'll be very wealthy even on a teacher salary.
2: And bank on yourself is not an either-or proposition. You can do bank on yourself. Your son can start a bank on yourself policy and use the strategies his entire life, and he he still wants to invest in Wall Street or in real estate. Well, he can certainly do that. So, for
0: example, I mean, one of the a lot of the a lot of the questions we've been getting over the last. Few months have been have pertained to gold. Um, gold prices since two thousand six two thousand and seven have just risen phenomenally. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people have been attracted and 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 saying maybe I should have a su- substantial portion of my retirement um, savings and move it over to gold. Mm-hmm. Well the time, first of all the time to think of that is not when it's reaching new highs at $1800 an ounce the time to think of it is before that but but maybe more to the maybe more to the uh point if you have a bank on yourself style um retirement plan and it is going well then yeah when you have that itch or you think you see an opportunity in some of the other markets you know that even in a worst case scenario Uh, and that you wipe out in whatever it is you're doing, you still have a solid foundation. That's not going anyplace.
2: Right. And you can use a portion of the equity in your policy to invest in the gold or invest in the silver or, or go chase that real estate opportunity or whatever it is. I have many clients that do that all day long. And and you brought up something else that's great regarding your son. I'm all about following your passion. I believe that um, so many of our kids today are in college, and, and they're majoring in subjects that they're not necessarily interested in, but they feel like it might provide well for them. Um, how sad is that? If you can follow your passion like your son, and you're right, teaching. Unfortunately, teachers aren't paid very well. But if he can follow his passion and use such a basic, simple financial vehicle, where when he retires, he's he's going to be wealthy.
0: <coughs> okay. okay, I had to cough. I wanted, I was holding it until you're done with the answer. Okay. Um, I think. Do you have a pen? Yeah. You know, we talk about again for Bank on Yourself Nation. We talk about self-reliance, and I believe there is a. I believe there is a pathway that is self reliant when it comes to career and when it comes to education. And in our family, our belief is you do what you love, what you're, what, what you, there's a, you've been given a calling in life and you do that and good fortune will follow you. Absolutely. As opposed to chasing good fortune, trying to chase the almighty dollar. Um, so I, and if in the end, Um, I I once had the CEO of of a large company sort of tell me that, give me career advice and say, you have to make sure you love what you're doing all along because you may never actually get, may never actually reach your career goal. And so think about that. If you have a choice between spending 30 or 40 years of your life doing what you love and hoping that good fortune dollars and cents will come your way, or you spend 30 or 40 years chasing that money and at the end of those thirty or forty years, you, the money doesn 't show up in both scenarios. Well, if you spent thirty or forty years chasing the money and you didn 't enjoy what you were doing, you were just on the hunt you 've wasted your life. If on the other hand, you 've loved every minute of those thirty or forty years and just missed the opportunity to also become wealthy, uh, I think that's the, I think that 's a better course what What I believe for my children um, is that that by being conservative. By being intelligent in their savings plans, um, that they will be guaranteed both that that my son can be a public servant in the sense of being a school teacher, mm-hmm. um, but still know that that over his lifetime he will accumulate um, real wealth and that it will be there for him to do with as he sees fit.
2: Lord knows we need a lot of good male role models and teachers in our school systems today. We certainly do. So I think that's great, great parenting advice. You know, Living Wealthy Radio, um, we, we titled the show Living Wealthy. Not because it's about money. It's it's so much deeper than money. It's so much deeper than money. It's following your passion. It's living healthy Uh, it's, it's having healthy relations. I mean, there's just so much more than just money, but if you don't have to worry about money, and I believe that's what bank on yourself gives you, it gives you that peace of mind. It gives you that serenity that, you know, no matter what my financial foundation is on something rock solid and not on quicksand, um, that no matter what happens, it's going to grow guaranteed instead of me chasing you know that risk and that wealth on, on Wall Street.
0: I know through the course of my reporting, um, Teresa. I have I have met certainly more than a dozen billionaires and probably more than a hundred millionaires worth more than a hundred million dollars each. And I can tell you that being wealthy and living wealthy are two different concepts altogether. There's a lot of people who have $100 million, a billion dollars or more who basically are miserable. They are just miserable men and women,
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, unhappy,
0: unfulfilled, uh, families and relationships that that don't bring them joy. So I'm a huge proponent of living wealthy, even whether you are wealthy or not in a financial sense, Um, because truly money does not buy happiness. Um, and as I said, in in our way of approaching things, you pursue happiness in life and hope that money will come.
2: Right. Um, speaking of wealthy, um, financially wealthy individuals who, um, health wise, you know, one one theme that we talk about on the show is. Um, just because you're wealthy doesn't mean you've got good health, right? And you mentioned off the air that you interviewed Steve Jobs when he was a young man just starting Apple. Uh, and today we know that he's not in good health. This weekend there were some pictures posted online showing him in really a, a bad place, right? Yeah, you know, I,
0: I mean, I I feel I, I interviewed him and met him way back when he had just started um, Apple computers in the early 80s. Um, He was the most amazing, dynamic, charismatic um, CEO that you could imagine. I don't know how old he was. He was probably still in his 20s. He was probably Mm -hmm. in his late 20s at the time. Um, So I am obviously saddened to see that all, I mean, he's a very wealthy billionaire, and obviously um, all the money in the world can't, Mm. repair your health, if 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 that's the way it is. Um, that said, I think that he is a role model, not for how much he earned in life, um, but as somebody who did pursue dreams and who did, um, you know, enrich us all with his creativity and inspiration. And mm-hmm. that's the part that I look at with him and say, wow, that's terrific. You know, I don't envy people their money um i you know again money doesn't buy you happiness i i do admire people who with money or without money mm-hmm. um are really able to first and foremost enjoy their own lives mm-hmm. um and then secondly um enrich the world whether it's one neighbor at a time um or in the case of Steve Jobs you know revolutionizing different consumer product sectors of the marketplace which is which is really quite amazing
2: an amazing legacy he he, you know, has built. And uh hopefully he'll be around to um to bless us with, with more amazing um products and ideas. Well,
0: I think it's I hope so. I, I think it's good for all of us to realize um again without turning this from a you know turning it into a, a spiritual philosophical uh strictly um, show uh, keeping in mind other aspects of the show, but i i think it's, I think it's important for everybody to live their lives realizing that we uh, are on on rented time mm-hmm. um, and that we have to enjoy it and make the most of ourselves that 's why peace of mind is so important i mean that is why you don't want to spend your prime earning years worrying whether your money will be there for you um, and uh, because there are other things to spend your to focus your attention on. Um, and what is your attention worth? Mm-hmm. And really, in the end, when however we uh, are led to meet our Maker, uh, whether it's through illness, through accident, or whatnot, how many of us are going to say, "Gosh darn, I wish I had earned another 200 basis points mm-hmm. on my investments." I don't think that's what happens at the end of life. Um, so I think it is. I think quality of life uh, and peace of mind ought to be more emphasized. Um, as part of the investment equation, certainly not the only part, mm-hmm. but as part of the investment equation, uh, in the same way that people look at fees, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we will have um, in September after Labor Day, if if the listeners want to go to the uh, bankonyourself.com site, we're mm-hmm. going to have a whole story talking about peace of mind um, and how you can make investment decisions. Uh, more intelligently once you understand how what the value of peace of mind is to you. So we'll, just, we'll maybe just hint that that's coming mm-hmm. in, um, in September, um, later sure. in September. And um, again, people can find it at, at bankonyourself.com.
2: And I would challenge listeners to think about uh, two things. One, um, what peace of mind do they have regarding their investments, regarding their finances, And number two, how much time do they spend worrying about their finances, worrying about um, their investments, their 401Ks, their fees, whether the market's going to go up or down, what the economy's doing? Time and energy and mind mind chatter that could be spent in a better way, right?
0: Absolutely. And, again, we're trying to – You know, the goal is to, um, in some ways, is to put a value on peace of mind Mm -hmm. so that people can actually sit back, and if they are comparing um, just returns, you know, return in one vehicle versus return in another vehicle, um, so many people logically will will always um, opt for the vehicle that provides a larger return. But if you then factor in peace of mind... Mm -hmm you know how much anxiety will that extra again mm-hmm. percentage point couple of percentage points cost you and over how many years will you have to live with that anxiety i think if people begin to factor that into the equation mm-hmm. many people will say you know what i would rather be certain mm-hmm. and and um calm about my future wealth and and finances than you know and this is uh, august of of two thousand and eleven has been a record setting month on Wall Street for ups and downs mm-hmm. that's you right. know and um and that's you know for a lot of people they really want out they don't they don't want that and and what your program is doing and what I'm trying to do um in some of my writing and reporting for bank on yourself nation is is try to open the eyes of people to say there is a choice here, you know it's not um it's not Wall Street or poverty. It's Wall Street or certain wealth with patience.
2: With patience. Let's take a station break.
1: Good Sunday, Austin. Living Wealthy Radio with your host, Teresa Kuhn.
0: Healthy Radio with Teresa Kuhn.
1: the new talk radio ninety six point three and thirteen
2: seventy. So, Dean, let's chat a little bit about um, one of the really neat features of Bank on Yourself. We've talked about using Bank on Yourself as an alternative way of growing wealth, uh, which I believe is foundational. Uh, completely, every individual, um, family, business owner, every man, woman, child, uh, in my opinion, needs a Bank on Yourself policy. Uh, needs to be using Bank on Yourself as a financial strategy for wealth building. But one of the really cool strategies uh, and benefits of using Bank on Yourself is the ability to borrow money from yourself, from your policy. Um, And I know you've been doing a lot of writing lately on on that. Um, What can you say?
0: Yeah, it is, I think it's one of the more attractive features of um, enrolling in the Bank on Yourself system. And let me just give you, first of all, the alternative background to that. Um, In this country, we have something on the order, and the number's off the top of my head, but something like $12 trillion, trillion dollars of consumer uh, debt. That's basically credit cards and home equity loans. And consumer spending represents um, roughly three-quarters of the gross domestic product, basically all of the product and services in America, goes towards consumers. Well, consumers have gotten, over the last few years, ex- incredibly gun-shy about continuing to tack on more debt on their MasterCard Visa, American Express, and their home equity lines. And what I've examined and seen is that's one of the major, if not the major, drags on our economy right now. Mm-hmm. And that is consumers are reluctant to spend and they're even more reluctant to borrow um and there's a lot of reasons including which many consumers get gouged by interest rates mm-hmm. and you know god forbid they miss payments that you know they get done and they and they and they get hassled by by the credit card companies their credit score gets dinged and it's a real mess all right against that backdrop Uh, If you have a bank-on-yourself style policy, and you have um, accumulated, and it can be, as I understand it, you might be able to tell me better, Teresa, than I know, but it can be maybe as few as two or three years of having uh, participated in a plan. Mm -hmm. Um, You end up building equity in your um, a cash value in your policy, so it's comparing that to renting versus owning. You own a policy, unlike, say, term life insurance. But really, you own nothing but the death benefit. But but in a bank-on-yourself style policy, you both get the death benefit, you get the wealth creation and growth, and you build a cash value. And what um, an authorized advisor can help you do is it can help you take out a policy loan where, in essence, you borrow money not from MasterCard, Visa, American Express, mm-hmm. or your home credit line, but you borrow money from your own policy, mm-hmm. um, and while... You're using that money for a capital expense, whatever you want. Do whatever you want with it. Um, The uh, policy continues to grow, and if it pays a dividend, it pays a dividend, as though you had never taken that money out of your policy. Mm -hmm. And so as a result, I mean, that is, I think, both for individuals, a way that they can uh, tear up, cut up their credit cards, and still, when they need to buy a car down the road, pay for college tuition, etc., have the funds to do that. And in the macro picture, it's one way to get this to jumpstart our economy again, which is to get people to start remodeling their homes and going on vacations and and doing some of those things that they've stopped because the because the availability of credit through a bank on yourself style policy um is is much different than when you go through a credit card company. The other thing is it's your policy, it's your loan, you miss a payment, no one's going to come knocking at your door. Right. Your credit score is not going to get dinged. You can you know you you need you need to consider for with your advisor repaying it on a consistent basis. But if you have a, a tough month, a cu- tough couple of few months, there's elasticity built into those loans. Um, there's no loan committee you have to go in front of. It's not like you have to go Uh, You know, on bended knee to a a bank loan committee. So what also happens is a lot of small business owners take out bank-on-yourself style policies in their own names and lend their businesses Mm -hmm. money so that their businesses, it's so hard to get business credit these days, but it's easy. You don't have to, again, win the approval of any loan committee. Um, if you've established, if you have the foresight to establish mm-hmm. um, a bank-on-yourself-style policy.
2: You got it. You you pick up the phone. You make a phone call. And uh, like you said, there's no loan committee. You just say, you know, I'd like to borrow some money. And the question is, how much do you want, sir or madam? That's it. It's that easy.
0: So it we could put Ben Bernanke out of a job, and and it would be really great if some politician listening to this would kick the tires all you want, but then stand up and and declare publicly hey i know a way we can help get this economy of ours back on track let's get people into bank on yourself style policies and then when they want to they can start borrowing against those policies um you know it's not a i you know it, it's not a um free ATM. I Mm -hmm. mean, you're borrowing from yourself, and if you don't pay yourself back, you ultimately are diminished later on in life. But it is a way, it's a very creative way. There are a lot of very creative things um, that you're able to do with a bank-on-yourself policy with your small business owner. uh, If you have uh, children headed towards college and you're looking for a way to finance college, if, if you want a second home, if you're planning for retirement, All of those things there are very creative, proven, safe, but I would also say non-conventional ways um, to finance all this stuff. You're not going to find this out from your securities firm broker or from your neighborhood banker. They have no incentive um, to open your eyes to these types of possibilities.
2: That's correct. And you mentioned that when you do borrow money from your own policy, that your dividend Even though you've borrowed money out, the dividend continues, even though you've pulled money out of your policy. And that feature is um, very specific to the kind of policies that we use. And and all the features and benefits we've talked about today on, on today's show, they really are specific to the type of policies that we design and the companies that we use. And so you definitely want to use an authorized bank-on-yourself advisor that knows how to design these these policies properly. Every day, I have uh, clients that, that uh, speak with me who show me their policies, and the first question they have is, you know, is this designed correctly? And 99% of the time, it is not what we do.
0: Yeah, I I just, I would emphasize that there are, um, it reminds me of the old commercials that Hertz rent a car. Used to do, and where where they'd go to a rental car company and they'd say, well you you're hurts, and they'd say, "Well, not exactly yeah uh, <laughs> i th- I don't remember that but but it's I sort do. of similar here you're I right. mean not every li- in fact ver you know the authorized bank on yourself advisors are a real elite seal team of insurance agents, and your family insurance agent who maybe uh, sold insurance to your parents and is now selling insurance to you, he or she may be just darling and a member of the extended family, but they're not a member of the SEAL team of authorized advisors. And if you're going to go into battle in the financial economy that we're in, you want a SEAL with you. And, and in this case, Teresa, you're you're one of the leading SEALs in the country. Um and um some of your other colleagues who are make sure whoever you talk to that they are authorized by bank on yourself
2: that's right and and i i love how you put it that that was great but not only is it for the design not only do you want it to be designed properly but the kind of planning that we do is is holistic um we take into consideration everything, right? Resources and objectives. And it's also working with the policy after it's been designed and implemented. That's where the difference between, like, if if you and I bought the same exact car, drove it off the lot the same exact day, the way you drive it and the way I drive it is going to be completely different. If you're working with someone who understands bank on yourself, it will more than likely outperform so
0: I'll tell you what I think we should do, Teresa. I think you and I should go on a mission to recruit other financial journalists like me to become bank on yourself policy holders. Bring it on. right? Cuz I <clears throat> the truth is, I, you know, when I just sitting here listening to you and me talking about this, I realize you know how much this would benefit a lot of financial journalists. And so if particularly if any financial journalists are listening, give Teresa a call.
2: Well, the radio show is uh, online, livingwealthyradio.com, right? They could check us out there. Contact us through livingwealthyradio.com. Dean, you've been a pleasure to spend time with. I'm honored that you came down to the studio to record the show. Um, your background is impeccable. You you. Your background is just great. You, you bring so much to the Bank on Yourself um, table. We are really, really honored and blessed that you have done your homework. Uh, you, you came in as a skeptical journalist, and you really dug deep, and thank you for all you're doing in getting the message out To the public, you are performing a very important public service, and you know how this is going to affect the lives, the financial lives of so many millions of people. So, thank you so much for for joining us here. My real pleasure. Thank you, Teresa. All right. You take care.